There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gravy, 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 you we know what? Sometimes we both choose. We both choose to make do a word at the same time. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the so you know our cycles align. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that can just happen sometimes. It's true. But it, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll see. We'll hello see and welcome go. to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I am Andy, and I'm Alistair George William Tromley Birchall, and what a joy it is to be here with you today. Uh, discussing sketch ideas mm. and uh, and coming up with them. I mean, I wonder. Do you think God's ever come up with a sketch idea? I know we talk well, about God a must... lot on this. I mean, I guess if he's us, then he comes up through. Th- uh, this is we are God coming up with sketch ideas. Mm. Mm. I'm just wondering if there's any difference between, like, for God. If there's any difference between imagining something and it becoming yeah. a reality, you know, because because you know there might be some sense in which you know we are all just a manifestation of the mind of God, and if that's the case, can he have a thought that doesn't in some way exist? You know, can he have an idea that is just an idea, or does it necessarily, by virtue of his nature as an omnip- omnipotent being? Become a, a a truth in as much as anything is a truth, you know. So if he were to try and come up with a sketch idea about a man who has tongues all over his back, you know, a classic sketch yeah. idea like that, would yeah, yeah. would he be able to discuss it with his god friends without a man a back a tongue back man popping into existence? Yeah. Slide, do you picture that person sliding down a I big do. slide? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> On their back. I mean, it could be, could be, could yeah, on their back. Could be their main mode of transportation. Yeah, like a fast snail. Mm. You know what I'm disappointed Sna- by? That snails don't can't slide downhill really fast. That yes. they should be able to with their ooze. The ooze, but I think maybe one of the features of that we think of the ooze as being slippery, but I think it's also yeah. very sticky. I picked up a slug the other day. And to yeah. get it out of the house, because we have somehow in our bathroom just fucking enormous slugs just get in there uh, all the time. Uh, just huge. They're like, worse. you know, like, like come from? six, eight centimeters long, these slugs. I don't uh, know. Sounds like, sounds like hell. Really. Yeah. Well, so far I haven't come ever back. trodden on one in the middle of the night, I, but I live in fear. I've stopped saying this. I've stopped saying this off pop, but come back to the city. Yeah, Andy, we've sorted out the slugs. <laughs> this failed experiment mm. of living in a rural area. Just give up. Urbanization was in part m- the quest of humanity 
to get away from slugs. Disgusting yeah. shit you tread on in the night. I found one slug in my bathroom once. Uh-huh. And that was enough. I, mo- I moved out of that house. <laughs> um, but I picked up this slug, right? And then it got some of its ooze on my hands. And then I tried to wash it off. And I couldn't wash it off. Like I don't, it, it was it was somehow super slippery, but sloop, super sticky. Like like it stuck to my hand, but then like when I tried to wash, it was like it it it, it the, the water like couldn't couldn't penetrate it. The soap didn't do anything. My hands were super slippery, rubbing them against each other because of the slime. But it remained yeah. stuck to my hand. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you make something that is that well, has salt, both those. Salt. Salt water doesn't dissolve, doesn't dissolve soap. So it could be a thing like that. Mm. Maybe it's a maybe it's a salinated thing. Oh, but then if you put salt on, on, a, on, a, on a slug, slug they die. <laughs> they, they hate sh- it. They shrivel up. Mm. Uh, so maybe it's not that. Maybe it's a new thing. Maybe there's a new compound in there. Maybe there's a new it's condiment like anti- there. You know, something else that we can put on. I know, but but imagine a, a con- oh, it could be a condiment. That you could put on your tongue and taste it. It'd be a long lasting taste mm. because you wouldn't be able to wash it away <laughs> with water. Because <laughs> you know that's the problem with uh, with most foods is that you taste it mm. and then the taste dissipates. And if it's something really nice, you actually want it to last. Now, we did talk recently on an episode of the podcast about having some sort of slow release flavor capsule in your mouth so that you're always okay. tasting your favorite flavor Alistair. I'm sorry to oh, okay. sorry to put that out there. But I mean, oh, you know, I only we have we so have, many thoughts. We could have hit upon a way to do this, you know, in a practical sense, which is that if we can use the the, the slug technology and coat yeah. the tongue in whatever that fucking slime is, we can then just get yeah. that flavored slime, you know, it'll 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 stay there on the tongue. And yeah, you know, you, you you could you could have that, you know, no ma- no matter what you're eating. This is the great thing about it because your tongue would be totally insulated from. Oh, yeah. This is really good, actually, Alistair. I think I think this is a sketch idea. Uh, now that I'm saying yeah. it, really feels like one. Um, when you were saying it, I was like, this doesn't sound like anything. But now that the words are coming out of my mouth, I don't know what it is, but they're really starting to to hang together. But you know, it's it's a coating so that. You can go, you know how there's like some countries where their cuisine does, you you don't enjoy it, right? But you can get this layer of of a sort of a tongue protective layer of cuisine that is sort of a a flavored condom for your tongue, but the flavor's on the inside and you put it over your tongue and then you can go out to dinner with with your beloved um, to her favorite restaurant. And while she's eating the cuisine of Guatemala, you are tasting oh, so you don't the like cuisine of Paraguay. Food? Oh no, I'm ah. yeah, I'm pa- famously anti Paraguay and Panama. Yes, Panaguay. You could do half your tongue. I know you're a guy who loves to buy a two half pizza. <laughs> yeah, right? which is definitely a category of guy. And um, you could get half Guatemalan, half pa- oh, no, no, you don't mm. want Guatemalan, mm. half Panaman, Panaman. Mm. How would you spell Panama? Do you think Panama? Pan- Panamanian. Put another... I think it's Panamanian. Nah. Nah. It's Panaman. Panaman. So then it would be P A N A 
M A and then another A and then N. Mm, sure. Great. Then it's all P A's, M's, and N's. <laughs> That's it. Um, you've heard the okay. uh, that classic joke that is like, you know, such and such is so selfish, he buys ribbed condoms for her pleasure and then he turns them inside out. Well, yeah. how about such and such is so selfish that he buys flavoured condoms and then he turns them inside out and puts them well, on his tongue. Well, he chews them until the flavour's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just plain condoms. Just plain. Just, mm-hmm. Original flavour. It, it, it's, there's no way, whatever those flavours are, there's no way that they're like they're they're not going to be natural flavors. They're going to be those artificial flavors, and they're going and you know they're not good. You know that artificial cherry flavor, one of the worst things in the world. That artificial Actually, banana, like that. can't stand it. I don't I don't love artificial banana, but I love artificial grape more than I like grape flavor. Grapes, the flavor of grapes. I don't mind artificial grape. I yeah, I, I like I, artificial I agree. cherry, but artificial cherry is awful. I, there's a oh, world no. of difference between those two things. Artificial cherry is like, like it really, the chemical taste is so at the front there. It just, they've gone so heavy on it. It's super medicine-y. Yeah, it's real unpleasant. Medicine is a flavor, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what it is, Sorry? but I think medicine is a flavor. It, it, could be a, it could be an entire flavor group, that medicine flavor that you get sometimes. I don't know, you know, because we got the umami, we got the salt, the the. Savory, I don't know what umami is. I don't know what it is either, Alistair. But people who talk about flavor talk about umami. I know, I, but they've only started talking about it in the last ten years. Yeah, you reckon it's a and so, yeah, a myth. I heard somebody refer to umami as being like, oh well, we all try to get umami by like like cooking stews for a really long time and things like that. I go. <gasps> one of the flavors in stew. <laughs> that's your, that's your only <laughs> reference point. <laughs> well, and then and then in in uh, in uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, some guy goes, you know, it's like when you drink a beer, and then it makes you go ah like that. Yeah. So that's my two points of reference. Way, it's way too abstract, isn't it? It's yeah. you, you can't you can't you can't ah. just they're like trying to paint a picture <laughs> with negative space. It's Come on, guys. We need we need a cogent reference point for this. Okay, like, I've I mean, heard people talk about it other... like it's a kind of a salty sweet, and then I'm like, well, then that's just like that's just mixing two other things together. Okay, and it's that's that's not it. That's not a new thing. It's just yeah, a. I'm not it's sure. Just a blend. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm um, umami sure truthers. That's what we are. Um. But Alistair, have you written anything down so far today? Well, just the the slug slime condom to protect your tongue from flavors to trap other flavors in. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's... I think that if you were using this slug slime, this thing, firstly, you could you could cover your body in it. Let's say you're a person who's like, I think the showering is actually bad for you because it gets rid of gets rid of your natural bacteria. Mm. Right, so you're kind of an anti-cleaner, anti-clean. Mm. Yeah. Right. You could use that slime, which is a shield from soap. Cover your whole body on it, in it. Right. Yes. Gives you a nice sheen. Yep. Yep. Makes you slippery, harder to grab. That's good. That's you know that's a that's a form of 
um, you could superpower almost, you know, being you real slippery. You could travel slippery. on your back. You know, imagine that, being able to just, like, do you think you could have something that's slippery enough that you could go down a road mm. on your back with bare skin, but then mm. just that slime between you and it? I mean, that'd have to be... And a, it, would, it would protect you? That'd have to be a significant... That'd have to be a serious layer. Um, but I can, I can see it working. I am wondering why at the Summer Olympics, because at the Winter Olympics, we've got the luge and the skeleton. Can't remember yeah. which one's which. But I don't know why we don't have the slip and slide uh, equivalent. At the Summer at the, Olympics. At the Summer Olympics, just going down on your yeah. tum. Down a big sheet of plastic, tarpaulin or something like that. And, yeah. you know, you could have two different versions. One where you're allowed to uh, grease yourself up with um, washing up detergent. But also, uh, I reckon there's scope to have one where you, it's it's all, all natural and you're only allowed to use your natural body secretions to uh, to to slime it up. So, you know, people who are super sweaty super super slimy naturally will yeah. um will be able to do that just to, i think you know. that they should just blend both of the winter and summer olympics together so that nah, the autumn olympics you, well <laughs> yeah and so but so so that um that's a great idea too but that that would be sort of like leaf catching and uh, <laughs> robbing um, robbing through piles of leaves yeah you're right um, you know, dressing for the like, weather. Oh, that's a that's an entire event. Yeah, and then oh, using a sponge to catch dew off of moss. Mm. You know. Mm. Um, oh, how full can you get your sponge? <laughs> yeah, you know, classic sponge. classic autumn activities. Uh, <laughs> heaviest sponge wins. I think um, umbrella management in a windy environment. You know, I, oh, I feel that, like I'm quite yeah. good at umbrella management which means obviously pointing the top of the umbrella into the wind so that it doesn't get oh, scooped like and a, broken and but also reverse sailing yeah it is yes yeah, staying in the same place while holding a big <laughs> a big wind sock type arrangement I, I mean i'm i'm assuming autumn wind is a thing feels it feels windy but maybe that's <laughs> I don't know if autumn wind is a thing, but maybe. Uh, I mean, you see the wind more because of the leaves. That's 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 what I was about to to analyze. Maybe it's a sort of a reporting error or whatever you'd call it. Like it's a it's a it's a it's an issue of of, of visibility. Um, yeah, it's definitely because you can't see the wind. That's what I always yeah, say. Yeah, but can't I, see I the would. Wind. I've definitely written down autumn. Oh, I've written down autumn wind. But I meant autumn Olympics. I got you. Um, but. Uh, I think like the the idea I had before, which was that it's a shame that the Winter Olympians don't get to perform also in the Summer Olympics. So it feels like you could replace you could replace a lot of the like just have the Winter Olympic uh, the Summer Olympic version of a lot of those winter things. So instead of you know instead of a bobsled or or skeleton, mm. you would just have slip and slides and water slides. You know yeah. so. You, bobsled would be on the big tubes, yeah, and uh, slip and slides would just be a person on, you know, by the just in their swimmers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
a lot of the skiing events would just be water skiing events or mm. or those skis that are on wheels that you can that'd be the cross country ones those mm. skis with wheels yeah. that people use for some reason i know i know this and, isn't uh, exactly uh, exactly what we're discussing but i love that guy yeah. that video of that guy who's just got like wheels all over his body, you know this guy. He's got them on like his oh, elbows yeah, and really his good. knees and shit, and he just goes and he's down just going down a really big hill, big hill, but with cars on it. Right, he's on yeah. that road, and there's just cars coming up and going down, and he has, I assume, no way to stop. Right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I think if you want to stop, you pick a tree. <laughs> And you, you wrap pick, yourself around yeah, it. I mean, you pick a nice soft wood, you know, like a pine or something. Not not one of yeah. these hardwoods. You're not you're not aiming for a blackwood. Something with a, you know, a good a good millimeter or two of give, and that's 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 your life zone right there. You know, you th- the people don't realize when you uh, cover yourself in wheels that actually there's more to it than that. You actually got to know quite a bit about trees. Yeah, yeah. There's I spent six years assume. as an arborist before I even strapped on a wheel. Before That's I strapped on even one wheel. One wheel. One big wheel. Hey, Alistair. One is wheel this... in the middle of my back. I know this is an off-pod idea, but I was thinking about this, right? And I was thinking that the uh, even numbers of wheels is cool. Yeah. But odd numbers of wheels is uncool, right? Because four wheels is a car. That's cool. Three wheels, that's a tricycle. That's not cool. Two wheels, that's a motorbike. That's cool. One wheel, that's a a, a unicycle. That's as uncool as it gets, pretty much. Yeah. And then zero wheels, that's a a hovercraft. And that's cool again. (laughs) Is zero even? It feels even. (laughs) It's got a very even (laughs) energy. Well, it's a symmetrical number. Mm. That it has at least one axis of symmetry, and exactly. so that's as close to even as it can get. I think so. And then, oh, and I was trying to think of a five-wheel thing. An office chair is five wheels, so that's also but, uh, uncool, right? Is it, do you yeah. think that that could and be a, like a univ- a law of nature in some way? <laughs> if I, if I struck yeah, upon yeah, something? yeah, I agree. I think uh, look, I I'll write it down. Oh, uh, yeah, great. Odd. <laughs> I mean, wheels. The interesting thing would be to explore, you know, for a scientific theory to be meaningful. Exactly. For a scientific theory to be meaningful, it has to be able to make predictions. You know, that's the test of a a valid theory. So we'd need to look into whether or not, you know, we'd need to build a machine like we're Bitcoin mining. We'd need to find the machine that has the highest possible number of odd or even wheels. Yeah. I think the trouble with the theory. Yeah. Is that once you get to a certain point, it's actually just cool to see something with that many wheels. You're right. You're right. It uh, it probably breaks down at high levels of complexity. Because <laughs> let's say something has 201 wheels. Mm, yeah. And you're like, actually, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well... It's it is significant that it gets le- the, the the odd number gets much less cool the, lo- the as the numbers go down till you get to the one wheeled unicycle as the least cool mode of transport basically yeah so and whereas do you think that maybe with with even numbers it gets cooler the less numbers it's got 
I think it the does. Lower the number? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Hovercraft, um, probably the coolest. Probably vehicle. the coolest. You wait, know? wait, wait. But what about what about those um those kind of hoverboards in inverted commas that are those two wheeled things? Oh, if the wheels are next on. to each other. Yeah, or yeah. a Segway. You're or right. Segway. The axis of symmetry, if you rotate it, they're not cool, are they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're not cool. Oh. <laughs> but it was it was amazing that period of time where those were in, and then suddenly, like, I saw a guy like using one inside Seven Eleven. Yeah! Wow. And what you thought that was great? Yeah. Well, I was like, it's amazing the confidence that suddenly it's gone from these things don't exist to this is how I move around even indoors. I come off the street, I keep riding. Yeah, and they're illegal, aren't they? You'd think I think that, they became illegal. Right. Because yeah. you'd think that being illegal like that would give them a kind of a, a frisson of coolness, make them cool again. But they're like, they're so uncool. They're resistant to even that. I mean, I did like how some people's houses were burning down when they were charging them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty badass. I think that, that's big, that is cool. <laughs> but that's kind of independent of their, um, their functionality as a, as, a, as a form of transport. Yeah, uh, they don't really need to to they don't even need yeah. to work for that to happen. Yeah, in fact, I mean, if anything, it, that kind of it's it's actually a function of preventing them, them from uh, mm, from them burning not working down because and, then you're working less. Yeah, because you're you're usually if the longer it's out of the house, the less likely it is to uh, to burn, actually burn it down. Burn that house down. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know if that's anything. Do um, you have uh, house insurance? I think so. Yeah, I think Carly sorted it out. I should probably check. Um, yeah. So, like, like if if your house burnt down, you'd get money. Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why do you ask? What have oh, you heard? Just want to. Any what's rumors the going excess? on about bits of my house that are on fire? What's the excess? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do like you have a, excess like when if, your house burns down? If you have like, well, that's what I, that's what I wonder. It's like you know, it's like you know, with a car, you do. Yeah. And so I wonder when when your house burns down, do they go? All right. Well, we'll we'll pay for your house, but you owe us twenty five grand or whatever. I mean, it still feels like it might be worth it in the scheme of things. But what if you didn't have that twenty five grand? You'd be fucked. What about third party yeah. house insurance? I guess they, so. That's for when they would just your house burns my house down. Hits. Yeah, <laughs> or like, or your house gets blown off of the thing and ran, runs into somebody else's house. Exactly. Or just. You, I guess you would just have compulsory third-party house insurance, which is for when your house hits a person or a person walks into your house. Maybe I don't know if that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not I, walks I, I into it like via the front. If if my if my house did catch fire, presumably because of something stupid I've been doing, like that feels likely that that's why it would happen. And then that fire did spread to the neighbor's house and burned their house down. Could I, yeah. in some way, be held? Liable for that shit, right? Because sounds like it might be my fault, right? You know, I was soldering. Why? You know, in a why have you have you heard any rumors that you're doing some dumb shit? I I can confirm the rumors. That's me. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Dumb shit doing daddy. Yeah. Well, anyway, sorry about that. That was a bit of a off, off the track thing, but... Um, Alistair, it's okay. What do you think would be the best thing to have uh, insurance in? Like to best thing to insure, you mean? Like it, it best thing in my life to to insure. Yeah, like okay, like for example, there was a thing. There was a thing years ago where people were saying that Jennifer Lopez or something like that had insured her butt. Yeah, I heard the same thing about Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there any value in me as as just a common man insuring my butt? Mm. I wonder if. Cause be, I wonder if Jennifer Lopez say she writes her butt off, right? Her, 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 yeah. her butt. <laughs> the uh, the insurance company comes along, takes a look at her butt, and says, "This is a this is a write off." Okay, but she so, would have to call them up and say, "I oh, I had a butt accident." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. And the inspectors yeah. come around, okay, and then they, I guess, take her butt to the the junkyard, to the junk in your trunk yard, okay. And yeah. she gets a new butt. She gets a like. She gets um. What do they call that thing where you get like the a new version, right? You get the equivalent. Anyway, um, somehow you get you get you get the equivalent market value of you know as new butt. So, so she, she gets, gets like a twenty a, year olds or maybe like a, a baby's butt. a baby's butt. <laughs> a yes. baby's butt. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I go to the junkyard. I'm looking for parts for my Toyota Corolla. Okay, and I see there on the heap, I see J-Lo's butt, okay? Yeah. And I guess, you know, you could get that. You could take that to the to the panel beaters and yeah. you could get them to fix her butt. Now, this is sounding a bit gross. Now, I mean, I've got her butt for some reason, right? Well, they probably, don't, they probably don't tell you whose butt it is, but you do have <laughs> Jennifer Lopez's butt at this point. <laughs> um. And... But I, I just don't know what I do with it. I guess I drive it around. Yeah. I mean, it still makes so much more sense that the outside of our cars should be soft and not hard things. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, why don't we have rubber butts outside of mm. our cars so that when we mm-hmm. run into each other, it's just a soft little... Do you think it's because they think that... I mean, I doubt that this is why, but do you think it's because th- th- people would think it would encourage them to bump into each other? Yeah, bump and butts. Yeah. You know, but... Um, I, butt yeah. to butt. <laughs> oh, mate, the traffic was <laughs> traffic was terrible today. It was butt to butt out there. It was absolutely butt to butt. Um, look, I'm just going to put butts... <laughs> I butts mean, it it implies to me it's not that a... like the doors of the car are big butts, and you've got to sort of separate the cheeks and squeeze in there to get into the car through the cheeks of the butt. Then you let them go, and they go pfft, slap back together again. There's not yeah, a butt. I mean, I, there's I, not I... a butthole. They're just individual cheeks. So there's no anuses on the car, but it is. Yeah, but it's, but it's a relative. It's a good enough seal that like that it keeps. 
water out and <laughs> burglars. I think I think if your door was a butt, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of a so we've got a door, it's a butt, right? And you gotta you gotta slide between the two butt cheeks to get into your seat. Mm. Right? But it is a decent seal that it keeps water out. But also when you lock the car, mm. you press the thing, it just clenches the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Right? It clenches the butt and then no <laughs> robbers can get it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't know how we're dealing with windows and stuff like that. The body doesn't really have many transparent components, and certainly the butt doesn't have any see-through. Uh, uh, you know, maybe there might be yeah. some aquatic creatures that have a transparent butt. Yeah, that we could... I, th- I think if, if you could use using squid technology, I think yeah. you could. I think you right. can see everything inside a squid's head. So if it was sort of squid skin butt. Mm. Which also makes it less weird, and it's probably more futuristic. I don't know if that makes it less weird. <laughs> I don't know if making the butt out of squid skin is automatically yeah. gets makes it makes it less well, weird. No one's really going to see it as a butt. It's just going to be a, like a it's like a flap closed door, and it's water resistant. We already know that because it's a squid. Mm. And That's probably true. salt resistant, which is actually better because you know in Canada, mm. when you've got salt all, on the roads, salt on the roads, mm. bloody rust your car. Yeah. Do they um, do they ever put any pepper, any umami on the roads? Oh, you mean sweet salt, uh, ah, stew kind of flavor? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they they do that. Yeah, they. Yeah, great. That's think, that, that's good to know. Um. um but, so, but look, just 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 back. Oh, sorry, if you had a place to go, you can take me there. But I, I just really to go didn't. Back to this idea. Really didn't, Al. You're so, helping me out because what I didn't what I didn't get to explore yet is this idea that what if, like, wh- as a common person, is there any value in you insuring your butt? Like, you could see this being in an article on a sort of a money first kind of website, like a family finance type thing. Um, what are the benefits of you? Mm. Uh, well, insuring your own butt, like you say. Oh, you may have heard that Jennifer Lopez insured her butt for twenty million dollars. Yeah. Well, but should you take a dip into the butt insuring world and see? And so then it talks about the scenarios in which, uh, you know, what if your butt burns down, or you know, or what if you burn your butt? What if you sit on a stove and yeah. then you can't sit down? Well, well, a lot of our work is actually. So actually, uh, you could get an insurance payout if you sit on a stove. Uh, you can often get an insurance payout that buys you a standing desk, for example. Okay. So you they know? don't repair your butt, but they are well, going to try and modify luckily, your lifestyle. Luckily, the butt is self-repairing to a to a point. Mm. Depends on how long you were sitting on the stove. Maybe you had just had butt cheek surgery and you couldn't feel anything. Jeez, I, I take a lot of care of my butt, don't I? I'm getting butt cheek surgery. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I take I a lot of care, and then I don't take a lot of care. I'm taking butt cheek surgery. I am getting, I am getting butt insurance, but then I am also sitting on stoves. So well, you don't. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, you have, you have that, you have that stove that has a very flat surface, right? Uh, yeah, I do. I got that induction. Yeah. Induction, right? So it's not like, you know, it's not like 
sitting on the stove at my house, which is gas. And so mm. there's all these metal, sort of mm. rough metal th- prongs that would be, you know, I would I would need butt surgery just for sitting on a cold version of that. Yeah, you're right. right? So- a lot of prongs and things like that. There's a lot of metal. I'd be grazing. Uh, there'd be prodding. There would be all sorts of things going on. Now but my- for you, you could sit on your stove, right? Uh, assuming that you're wearing your sort of induction underpants. <laughs> That's that, what I was going to say, my stainless steel. Uh, stainless yeah. steel underpants. But you're a guy who takes care of his butt, so you're yeah, probably going to be wearing, steel probably gonna be wearing armor. <laughs> um, you and know, uh, this so is what it was. Either that I got or complacent. chain mail. I thought nothing's going to touch my butt. I thought my butt is... Um, is immune at this point. You know, I put my butt up on a pedestal and I assumed that it was like the unsinkable Titanic. I basically thought I had the untouchable butt. And yeah. and that's what led to this hubris of me sitting on induction cook stoves with impunity. With and, chain mail underwear. Yeah. So... And so then, okay, so let's say you've completely... You've, you've absolutely wrecked your butt, mm. right? And so now you're now you go to your insurance company and you say, "What are my options?" And say so they say, "Well, look, it is repairable, but you're not going to be able to stand up for a while mm. uh, or sit down." So, mm. so now you're looking at probably a payout for mm. hours of work lost, mm. unless you can work laying down, sort of with your arms, your hands under your chin. Uh, and your elbows on your bed like mm. a teenager on a phone call to her boyfriend twirling a phone cord and yeah. chewing gum. Well, it turns out that that's actually the healthiest way to – the healthiest desk is the, uh, yeah. the teenage girl on the bed desk. Um, sort of curving studies, spine backwards like that? Yeah, yeah recent, recent studies have shown that pressure on your elbows standing shoulders, desks are or? even less healthy than we thought, and that's the only way to um, – to do the right thing for your for your uh, your spine for your physiology. Um, I yeah. guess you could do you could do a sort of a, a cutesy phone line like paid phone line where people call up and you, um, you know you uh, <laughs> I don't know you talk to them about like their favorite um, uh, babysitter club books. Well, what about it's just a call center. Right, it's just a regular call center where we do, you know, IT support for Telstra um, broadband, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, because it turns out that that's the healthiest way to be on the phone, the call center itself is just full of beds with heart-shaped, yeah. frilly pillows on them, and all our employees, um, male or female of any age, lie on the beds propped up on their elbows. Um, twirling yeah. their hair between their fingers and chatting on a on a landline phone where the cord comes all the way from the kitchen. Yeah, you know, it just the, turns the, out that we get much better quality. Yeah, gum in their mouth. We get much better uh, quality of um, feedback from the clients. Uh, they like it. They find it much more casual yeah. and much more friendly. Of course, you have to get to work, so you've had to have a bike designed that is a laying down bike, but where you're laying on your front mm. and you're pedaling with your arms. Mm. Yeah. Do you think you could, I mean, that sounds like the kind of thing that you'd be building at home when you burnt down your house. Yeah. That's, that's, that's me. Hey, I want, I have more things to say about, uh, uh, butt insurance. 
Um, yeah. And one of the things I want to say is, it's it, how is this different to regular health insurance, right? Because in a way, isn't health ins- private health insurance sort of insuring your body to be like, if something goes wrong, we'll we'll repair your body, we'll get you the you know the best equivalent body that we can. Yeah. And if the, if you can insure it, like I assume then, you know you. If 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 you're if you want to do a special insurance of your butt, it's like car insurance, but when you've got a very rare one-off classic vehicle that's going to be difficult to replace. Um, you know, yeah. we're not going to be able to get you the same butt on the open market. They just don't. There aren't any nearly as good as this. And then maybe, but, yeah, yeah, maybe you could you could insure other. Uh, you you know, maybe there's a sort of a version of health insurance where you just insure your body bit by bit rather than insuring the whole thing you instead of that full comprehensive health insurance you just insure the bits that you, sure. you value the most yeah and i guess that probably does internal butt stuff as well it probably protects you against you know like insures you against kind of colon cancer and, <laughs> i don't know uh, i don't know if uh if jennifer I, lopez IBS. also insured her colon <laughs> I mean, but but if she got like irritable bowel syndrome, that would maybe be bad for her butt. I'm not sure. It would certainly be bad for her butt's earning capacity. I think, right? Which is presumably her butt's what earning. Com- yeah, yeah. Um, lost yeah, income. I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's really interesting, Andy. I, look, I the thing is, is that health insurance to me, I mean, and I'm looking at it from the outside here as a, as a person who has never had it and in a country where we do have very good public health insurance mm. where you don't seem to have to pay almost anything mm. almost ever. Yeah. Uh, private health insurance seems to be a thing where you pay all the time, even when you're not using it, and then when you do use it, you pay extra. Yeah, and and they try not to give it to you, right? Like if something goes yeah. wrong, they look for ways to not have to pay you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it it seems it seems like a scam. Doesn't seem yeah good. You know, it's like their. I guess their problem is that they're competing with the public service, which is where you get everything for free, and they're trying to find a point of difference, right? And it's hard yeah, to find a point of difference. And maybe the one that they've found is, well, what about you get everything's more expensive all the time? <laughs> I mean, that's different. Yeah. That's different. You can't argue that that's different. But it's more expensive in a room alone, and you go, oh, a room alone. I guess well, that is I suppose something. if I am going to be, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, I'm not going to be spending that much time in hospital, and hopefully, and my, you know, uh, and so my, if I am going to be there, it'd be nice to have some kind of life experience where it's not just me alone with my thoughts. So being in a room with somebody else mm. that can either provide comfort through conversation, mm. or make you feel better because their life is worse oh so much worse yeah or make you feel better because they see that your life is worse and then you get to feel that thing where it's like oh somebody feels sorry for me that's pretty (laughs) yeah that's true well i mean maybe if you have good enough private health insurance you can choose who goes in the room with you you know one of the you can you can tour the wards the the public wards on your rhinestone hospital bed and they'll yeah. and you can choose them sort of like you would choose an orphan. 
in an old school orphanage. Yeah, and you find I was picturing the like they, li- they line they they line them up like uh, like sex workers in a brothel. Sure, sure. And you can ask them a few questions, but or mm. you can just pick the one that you like the most. You know, you go, yeah. Oh, this, this so old you, lady looks pretty chatty. Oh, you worried, but you what? Ch- yeah, not too chatty though. I think that's that's the thing. You, you want you yeah, want somebody yeah, who's chatty. gonna gonna give you what you need as a, a exactly. As a, you w- you want to be able to look at your phone for about five hours without being disturbed, but then mm. occasionally go. Did you see this meme? <laughs> but, but also, you know, when they they know when to sort of give you a groan or something, to yeah. to just remind you that some people have it have it worse off than you. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, no. that's 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 a sketch of some kind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, benefits. We've 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 had the sketch in the past about the. Where you to make your lottery win bigger, say you win five million dollars, you actually get uh, the winnings given to you by somebody who's recently lost a lot of money as well, um, <laughs> to make it feel feel better, even even greater glory. And um, this feels the same in a way, uh, or similar. I don't want to say the same because then yeah. you wouldn't be able to write. I it mean, down. you know. It's got to be one of the only benefits that there could be to being in a private hospital mm. over the other, the other thing. Now, Andy, I'm worried that... Now, I know that this three words thing... We're, we're up to the three words bit. Um, and I'm worried that I... You know, I, I mentioned last time, I think I've lost full control of the, of the three-word list. Yeah. And I think every single week I'm doing one that has been done before. And I think that this... Um, could be the same the same scenario again, but let let's just try. Um, Andy, today's listener is Ian Whitehead. Hello, Ian Whitehead. Hello, hello Ian Whitehead. Thank oh, you. Hello there. Where let's let's try and guess where Ian Whitehead would be from. He's definitely from England. There's no question. That's yeah. one of the most English names I've ever heard in my life. He's from Bath. Yeah. In Bath in Shropshire. I don't know. I don't know if Bath is in Shropshire. I don't really know what Shropshire is, but they're both but it, fun places to say. Yeah, Shropshire that is fun. Shropshire. It's hard. It's that's the one thing with the UK is that it's hard for them because they. It's hard that they they'll they'll claim superiority over the English language. Mm. Right. It's like well, of course we know how we're how to speak like the the right way to say things. Because we're, we're from England, the the birthplace of of English, mm. right? But then, the fucked up ways they say things, <laughs> and the variety of ways in which they fuck up the way that they say yeah. things. You just go, but, just just say something, just say it in a normal way, like a, like a North American. <laughs> that's that's the confidence that you get from having the home ground advantage. I think. Though, right? They I know, but, but feel there can't they can be, be experimental. There can't be, both, there can't be both the this is the correct way of saying things, and here's a hundred different ways that you could say things. <laughs> I think, yeah, um, it's just by definition, the correct way of saying things is the way that they say them. So they they can say fucking anything, and yeah, 
You know, it makes you think that maybe the the correct way of saying things, there isn't such a thing, and that's actually probably my true belief. Yeah. Um, but, but also, North America they had a little bit of distance. You know, they they were able to look at it from you know look at the English language from outside of mm. England, and mm. and maybe give it a more a more objective point of view. <laughs> And they chose a kind of a more neutral accent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something less extreme, <laughs> something <laughs> something where the vowels and, and the consonants something were pronounced. Normal. Kind of, something nice yeah, something normal. Something nice and normal. It's weird S-H-I-R-E, that before... S-H-I-R-E, <laughs> Shire. You know, they go, oh, yeah, that kind of follows the the rules of like, oh, there's a single consonant in the middle there you give mm-hmm. it the hard i you you know you end with the you end with the e you give it a little bit of elongation at the end because of the e shire do like you think that, that you know when they first landed in uh, in america those whoever they were the pilgrims they took a big sigh of relief and they said finally we can talk normally <laughs> Yeah, and they go, blah, oh, they just shook it off. They just, I think, yeah, it feels like there's been oppression. There's oppression on the people to force them to talk like that. Mm, it's cruel. Anyway, um, I'm sorry, everybody from the UK, but also, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so, uh, let's go through Ian Whitehead's words, who hopefully doesn't come from England for his sake. Yeah, he um, sounds like a philosopher. Like an eminent yeah. philosopher, I would I would read a, a a book of philosophical musings by Ian Whitehead. Absolutely, on uh, uh, Ian Whitehead on on knowing shrillness. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> on shrillness, and you'd have it uh, have like you'd write a one of those mini books all about it, and you go, well, actually, shrillness uh, originated. The idea of shrillness originated in uh, the fifteen hundreds. During the uh, melting period of uh, <laughs> England's melting period, where everything all all solids turned to liquid, oh, it was a, the a tough time to get this, through. <laughs> and it was the screaming at this occurrence. Um, anyway, so do you want to try and guess what Ian's three words are? Mm. So far, you don't have any letters correct. <laughs> Uh, parasaur? No, awkwardly. Mm, awkwardly. Okay. Um, reintegrate. No, sexy. Awkwardly sexy. <gasps> Plant. No, stress. Awkwardly sexy stress. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So it's like stress mm. that is given off like Some... a good kind of a horny vibe, mm. right? But in that way, like somebody who's kind of a geek and they don't know it, they don't know that their stress is sexy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think many people know that their stress is sexy, right? Which is, I think... Which I think makes it more appealing, you know, because mm. it's like they're not. Oh, that they're not. They're not. They're mm. not carrying that stress around with that confidence of like, yeah, you know it. <laughs> that, that my that my stress and is you, sexy. 
As you know, there's nothing attractive about confidence. That's true. That's what it's. That's what everybody agrees. Andy, can I come back in just a moment and you keep going? Yeah, sure, Alistair. I'm, I'm obviously, I've obviously got this under control. So when I hear awkwardly sexy stress, um, yeah, it does make me think of like a, some sort of group of some kind of stress fetishists who, you know, rather than doing some sort of BDSM thing where it's about, you know, physical pain and, um, or, 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 you know, humiliation or whatever that is. Um, it's, it's just to do with being under the pump, right? Overworked and under the pump. And I guess instead of then, instead of a BDSM dungeon, you'd have some sort of BDSM corner office, uh, where you're, you're on the desk uh, or, you know, you're there, you're at your desk and people keep bringing in new manila folders and slapping them down on the desk. And every time another one slaps down on the desk like that, you get a little, a little jolt, a little, a little thrill of just that extra workload that, um, that you know it's going to take you... You're not, you're not going to be able to get home for ages. And uh, you, yeah, the, you know, you're probably going to have to work the weekend as well. And the more that that those those slaps, the more it piles up, um, the uh, the the hornier um, you become. And yeah, I, I think returned. that, that uh, Alistair. So I've worked out the sketch, right? It's yeah. a, it's 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 a sort of a version of BDSM, but it's for people who get off on being stressed and overworked, rather than other forms of pain or humiliation. And instead of a, a sex dungeon, they have a, a sex corner office, and they uh, sit. At, you sit at the desk, and people come in and slap down, you know, more and more um, big Manila folders full of reports that you've got to complete, and that sort of thing. And they, oh, yeah. you know, you're getting lots of um, angry phone calls from people, you know, who, whose deadlines you've missed, and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, the mm. more the um, the stress builds up the, the, the hornier you become. I mean, the problem is that uh, you've got so much work done uh, to do, you're not going to be able to get home to your beloved to um, make good on this situation. Um, sure. But maybe it's one of those ones where it's... It's like a masturbating one. Maybe it is, yeah. <laughs> you, you just do it alone in your work, which would be even more stressful in your office, that, in your you're, cubicle. You're right, you're right, especially when you've got all this work to do. I can't God, believe... That would, that would really build to a crescendo, wouldn't it? Mm, all that yeah. stress just getting hornier the more you masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> be crazy. Anyway, is that is that it? Is that anything? Yeah, yeah, that... yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. But there's also IBSM. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, so, uh, this is somebody is who gets irritable off on bowel really... syndrome, masochist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they really need to go to the loo. Is that it? Yeah. 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 I mean, what's the masochist part? Is that when you're really mean, or um, mean to yourself, or mean to? I think because because I think uh, one of the problems for people with IBS is that is that terror of not knowing when you'd need to go 
and like not yeah. wanting to be in a situation where you might have to go in a big hurry. And surely one of the worst cases for that would be when you're in one of the zipped into one of those rubber gimp suits. I mean, that would be. Yeah. What, or, you but, know, you're or, chained to the floor in a rubber gimp suit. Oh, no. Yeah, no, of course. But then is the masochist pit part, is that the being mean bit? Um, no, that's the I wonder whether bit. The masochist is so, wanting people to be mean to you. But that's cool because then you'd be like, yes, do it to me, irritable bowel. <laughs> like that. And then, and then you'd shit yourself and you'd be like, I deserve that. <laughs> yes. And then you'd walk around with just <laughs> shitty pants, just going, yes, humiliate me. <laughs> uh, I mean, in a way, I feel good for this person. Because they, yeah, well, uh, I think it's actually a great way. Because you know, maybe if you can't cure your IBS, maybe you can develop a fetish for it. You know, love, love yeah. yourself. It's a great, it's a great way to put a, a new spin, a positive spin on uh, you know something bad. Shit you know, yourself, in, love yourself. In, in great Both shit and love yourself. In great, um, you know, it's yes, it's a, it's a, is it is it a crisis or is it an opportunity? You know, that's just that's right. You got to you just got to look at it in a different way. Um, and just the more public the situation, the better. Oh my god! And then there are definitely the, there are definitely people who would have this particular fetish, right? You think so? Shitting themselves in public. Yeah, yeah I'm sure I've I'm sure I've sat in trams or train oh. seats that they've sat in. Oh god. Um. um they. But they, yeah, I think also that that scenario mm. where you would get both the relief of getting done to you what your what your kink, uh, you know, uh, demands, and mm. also the relief of finally getting that that terrible uh, business done. It's a double whammy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this has been a pretty grubby episode of the podcast. I think has it. Has I think it? in some ways. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> let's go through it. Well, and I don't think it's actually been that grubby. I think I think you just I know you think butts are grubby. Yeah. But um look, we got slug slime to condom your tongue to protect from flavors and trap others other flavors in. Mm. That's of course when you're going to that Guatemalan restaurant that your beloved loves and uh you are instead trapping some Panama and uh what's another Rio de Janeiro <laughs> yeah. um, cuisine into your tongue so that you can taste that the whole time and not taste any of the Guatemalan flavors. Exactly. Um, then you got, you know how like Bolivia, it's like it's all about potatoes. People there just eating potatoes nonstop. Do you think there's a country like that where, you know, there's like, they're like, oh yeah, we got 500, you know, varieties of potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Do you think there's a country that's like that but with, Capsicum, or like red peppers, or green peppers, or bell peppers, whatever they call them in other countries. Feels very likely. I think one of the downsides of that is that those ones don't have the same deep carbohydrate intensity that you know that can form. Like, there's nowhere where capsicum is a staple. I don't think. Yeah, I guess because they're not like it's not something you could sort of store underground for long periods of time or whatever. But you know, maybe maybe if they maybe what they they jerky the the capsicum or something like that. 
I mean, that feels actually not too too distant from being possible. Um, you know, you know, raspberries. Is there a is there a a culture somewhere on Earth where raspberries were their dominant crop, and you know they they're such a fragile down food. to a big plate of raspberries. Yeah, six raspberry soup ways. is just yeah, it's <laughs> raspberry soups, just water and raspberries. And then it's they, jam. Uh, it's a big bowl of jam. <laughs> You think they've added like a lot of sugar, or do you think they've added sugar and salt to make that? I think it's a fair amount of. Um, yeah, you're right. You could get that raspberry umami. <laughs> raspberry umami. Um, then we got we got the sub we got the summer summer Olympics that are integrating the Winter Olympics events, mm, and then slide. just so that, and they probably do the same thing for the win- Winter Olympics in the summer, uh, like mm. no, the sum- summer Olympics in the Winter Olympics. So I would like to see know, people running on ice. Yeah, it's the ice running. You know, they probably got crampons on. Nah. Crampons on? Nah. No. Okay. And then you know they got the like the pole one, the pole one with the big pole, and then you but you go up and instead you go over on you know you're jumping over an iceberg. <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, <laughs> but then, <laughs> uh, oh, you knocked the top of the iceberg off. No, it doesn't make sense. Anyway. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that that thing, that bar that you knock off in the high jump or in the uh, pole vaulting, it's very similar to that bar that you knock off on on a cricket on a cricket thing. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Could we invent it's a new of, form of cricket where the 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 goal is to throw it above, take, take the place of the ball. Uh, mm. So <laughs> you don't throw the ball. Your jo- your objective as the bowler is to actually run down the pitch and jump over the, the stubs without knocking yeah. off the bale. But the person is still standing there with the bat <laughs> trying to hit you. <laughs> You're going to jump cricket. over them. It's and cricket the... with no ball, but... Yeah. <laughs> And who's so? And so it's the the guy who would normally be bowling the ball is just, just running at running. the batsman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tries to, to not get tries to not get hit by the batsman. Tries to not get and he, killed. And then while the while the person the the bowler who's now just the j- runner and jumper, yeah, and has to then try and jump over the high thing, the high. Yeah, and then I yeah, guess I like after that. they've after they've jumped over the thing, they then have yeah. to try and run to the boundary to score a four or whatever without getting caught by any of the fielders. Without getting, yeah, or getting hit by any bats. I think maybe everybody else has a bat. And so <laughs> if you even get nipped a by a, so if you get over the, if you get over the, over the bar, <laughs> then that's one, that's one, po- that's one run, right? Okay. Yeah. If you, if you make it to the boundary without getting hit at all by any bats, not even nipped. Yeah. Uh, then that's, then that's a four. And if you can manage to climb into the audience mm, without the audience. even getting hit, you don't. That's, that's, that's four or six or whatever it is. I think the bowler probably also needs a bat so that they can fend off some of these bats that people okay, are swinging yeah. at them because it's too fucked otherwise. Yeah, because especially that, that bit where you're laying, you're laying on the mat after you've jumped on. The wicket keeper, 
Yeah. <laughs> who has a bat is going to just be waiting to just smash you. But you got to be ready to roll. You got to be ready to roll off that mat yeah. real fast. Well, I don't know if there's a mat because you could probably just jump over it without landing in that way. It's not a really high. <laughs> yeah, as, really high as the wicket. match goes on, as the match goes on, it keeps getting higher. It's getting higher, sure. Yeah. I think uh. I think that they they can hit you, but it's a big mat, and so you got to be strategic. You, this feels you know, like what the only... big bash league should really be. Yes, more bashing. Um, yeah. So that's cricket minus ball plus high jump. That's right. Um, then we got the Autumn Olympics, which is just all autumn events. That's a different mm. thing altogether. Then we got n- odd numbers of wheels are uncool, possibly. It's maybe a mathematician trying to prove this. Uh, yep. Then we've got the insured butt, but for civilians. Mm. Civilian insured butt, you know? I'm a civilian, me. Not like not like Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> I think that's a different category of people. What's your celebrity, high-end celebrity? Uh, Then we got butts on cars. That's, of course, a better design for cars. Uh, The soft exterior. Mm -hmm. We got the private health hospital benefits uh, where you get to choose who's in your room with you and they're lined up like like either orphans or in a brothel, you know, sex workers in a brothel, and you get to pick who you want. Yep. And then, then you got the BDSM for stress. Yep. And then you got IBSM, which is shit yourself, love yourself. There you go. Something to be proud of there. And did, did you write down Big Bash the, League cricket? Uh, yeah, there's cricket minus ball plus here. I'll yeah. write in brackets Big Bash League. Yeah, great. Great, great. Um, it's really, really great. It's really, 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 really great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's really, really great. It's really, 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 really great. That's my best work. And thank you so much for listening to In The Think Tank. I appreciate it. I feel like Alistair does too. Um, well, I want to... I actually... I've realized today that I didn't appreciate it at all. Oh. Nah. <laughs> I do. I do. I appreciate it. Uh. And, um, um, yeah, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. He's at Alistair TV. We're at Two In Tank. You can support us on Patreon. Thank you to everybody who already does that. God, that's special. It's you can really check special. out the Discord. The Discord. There's a link to the Discord in the show notes. Yeah, check that out. There's, it's it's a ha- it's a happening place. People are people are promoting their own stuff. People mm. are you know some people some people are doing live streams. Yeah. And they've been thinking about doing. You know, I have for a long time. I've been saying I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be a guy who live streams. Yep. I this I think I figured out the format now. It's gonna be it's gonna be just my work. It's gonna be my workshop. It's where I'm just gonna go. That's where I'll, I'll do all my writing. Fantastic. And I'll just do li- it's going to be live writing and live things. Uh, I love it. <laughs> and I go, yeah. oh, what are we going to write? And I'm going to write a sketch live <laughs> one day. Yeah, great. I support that. Imagine writing a sketch live. I don't know what that would be like. And what's this? What's this? Uh, uh, it'll say, okay, Michael, two dots. <laughs> hey, hey, where's my salami? Craig, like that, and then Craig will be like, "I told you, it's propping still at the up shop. the billiard I haven't table it up yet." Yeah, you see, and then that's yep. how you start, and then you figure out what it is. Yeah, over time. <laughs> Pardon me. 
Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. And we we love like love you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.